Welcome to Same Old City, an independent York City fans podcast. My name's Simon Kraft, and who have I got with me today? It's the diva from Arriva, it's Ben Aspinall. And who else? And that'll be Tom Reed, uh, giving a review from the match yesterday. Yep, so so Tom was there at Chester v York yesterday. He's uh, he's our very special guest, we're pleased to have him on. Been a big York City fan for years, I believe, haven't you, Tom? Um, I mean, the last 10 years that I've lived in York, but I'm actually originally from Chester, so I was in the home end yesterday. So what? You're not a Chester fan, are you? I mean, I am, yes. Oh. York, I would class as my second team, but Chester will always come first. Yesterday was the one game of the season that I would not be supporting York for, and as it turns out, the second one will be in the replay. Well, this is awkward. I'm just going to find out how to kick someone out of a Zoom. Just Can you edit that out? So that's just, I'm not happy about this at all. That's all. But yeah, we've got uh, an opposition fan on for the first time um, in the form of Tom. And yep, as neither me nor Ben were able to, to travel to Chester yesterday, he's going to be our uh, reporter from the field about the thrilling, or apparently it was quite a good game, uh, nil-nil game yesterday, uh, as well as looking ahead to the replay. And we're going to make a point of not using any tired uh, Chester being well shokes, haven't we, haven't we, Simon? We're not going to do any of that. We we have made a solemn vow not to yeah joke about Chester being in Wales. Much appreciated. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, should also mention we are recording on bonfire night. So if you do hear any fireworks in the background or any pets squealing, then um, apologies for that. Yeah, not too many fireworks were happening in the games that we are going to cover today. So we are going to look back to the Halifax game from last weekend as well because we haven't covered that yet since our mm-hmm. last episode. Um, yeah, we're going to cover the Chester Cup game, reflect on the departure of Ryan Whitley, give our first impressions on a couple of new signings, look ahead to the filed game, and also consider the second round cup draw um, and what that might mean for either York or Chester, whoever ends up making it. Uh, but yeah, let's start off uh, with York 1, Halifax 1 from last Saturday. It was a, a later kickoff on TV. We we enjoyed a few beers around town beforehand, didn't we, Ben? Yeah, a few a few light ales in uh, Brew York's tap room before um, getting a lift to the ground, courtesy of uh, former guest Mr. Ben Robinson. It was a lovely uh, Saturday, once again, marred only by ninety minutes of football. In terms of the city lineup, a couple of debuts, uh, interestingly. Mm. So we had George Sykes Kenworthy starting in goal, in for Rory Watson, who not a huge surprise that he'd been dropped, uh, and also Ollie Green, who's coming on loan from Hull City. He came into midfield in place of Ollie Dyson, and Aidan Marsh came back into the side, undeterred by his uh, the criticism he faced from uh, certain quarters, possibly this podcast after that miss from three <laughs> yards against uh, Eastleigh. But yeah, in terms of the first half, it wasn't a whole load of chances. I felt like it was probably a case of both sides cancelling each other out a bit. Halifax mm-hmm. probably shaded it, but they were kind of restricted for to shots from distance. Um, was that sort of how you remember it, Ben? I mean, a lot has happened since that game, Simon. So uh, I have had to refresh my memory today by uh, re, uh, re-watching the highlights and uh, re-reading the match reports from uh, our website and the, and the press. But yeah, I think you're right. Um, I do. I distinctly remember two rather evenly matched teams. Halifax perhaps showing a little bit more quality. I think you'd expect that considering both their good form and where they are in the table as well. 
So no real surprises there. But I was also, I'd say, somewhat surprised by um, how close the two teams were when you consider that gap in a table. I was happy to see C Marsh giving a go, for, you know, from the from the beginning because um, I wasn't a big fan of this five four one. I think it was leaving um, the shop far too isolated up front. So I think the, the the side that we got was a side that I wanted personally. I was happy with that. I was a little bit excited to see um, Sykes Kenworthy, a lovely mullet. Yeah, I was going to say, were you excited to see his hairstyle? Well, I didn't. I, you couldn't quite grasp uh, the mullet from the head-on photos that the club was sharing on social media. So to see uh, to see the mullet on, on on a young man who was not born in 1970s Australia was actually a, a nice surprise. So um, yeah. Possibly the first bulleted goalkeeper of my lifetime. I don't know about you, Si. Have to think back. I'm, I'm sure we mm. can Photoshop some mullets onto some exit <laughs> keepers, though. Uh, should we have the time or inclination to do that? <laughs> so, it was very um, evident in the first half. Uh, the new lad on loan uh, in midfield, uh, um, Ollie Green, he seemed very keen and tenacious, didn't he? Um, there was distinct, I distinctly remember moments in the first half where he was um, dropping deep for, you know, uh, from kicks for the, from the goalkeeper from defence, always wanted the ball. You know, professional footballers should always want to receive the football and do stuff with it. But it was actually quite impressive to see such a young man seem completely undaunted by the size of the fixture coming from you know youth level football um, at his parent club um, in front of the cameras, that sort of thing. He seemed keen. He seemed um, very very able from what he displayed in the first half. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, that was certainly the big thing that I took from uh, from our performance to start with. Um, the only couple of moments I wanted to pick out from the first half was firstly a great tackle by Tyler Cordner when Halifax were counter-attacking through Cosgrave um, and Cordner just times his tackle really well but also kind of shows his improved fitness to actually you know keep up with um, with Cosgrave and you know make the decisive tackle there. Yeah I think we mentioned a few um... Once or twice in recent weeks, haven't we? Um, the marked improvement in Tyler's fitness, but also in um, how he looks attitude-wise on the pitch. He seems very confident in his ability. He seems a bit. It's, he looks a bit leaner, uh, and he just seems overall a little bit happier. I think there's still obviously uh, one or two mistakes that can happen because this is the level of the football that we are playing at. But yeah, um, I think his progress over recent weeks has been commendable. So um, it is only fair that we point out when he does good. Yeah, in terms of the best chance of the half, I thought that was probably fell to Halifax when uh, there was a run into the box by Wright, who pulled it back to Kane Thompson Summers, uh, who shot just wide from the edge of the area. I mean, the only thing, only thing I can say about that shot is Simon. It nearly dislodged one of those weird cardboard triangle panorama signs that were behind the goal. As per the live match coverage on television, that 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 effort otherwise was going was going no win in a goal, was it? It was, um, I think, a good distance wide. Can I also just jump in very quickly, Si, and say um, I was impressed with. Uh, we're going to have to call him KS, uh, GSK, aren't we? I mean, Sykes Kenworth is a bit of a mouthful because we've got Lassie Fairweather to come back. I thought he looked very decent with his feet, didn't he? He wasn't afraid to come out the box, um, either either to the side or in front of him. Um, to use his feet, he seemed very, very comfortable. His distribution was um, very impressive immediately. So um can certainly see why um, a, a fee was paid for him, why Adley was so keen to sign him after scouting him personally. Just something to point out there. I think uh, GSK, uh, is, uh, yeah, he, he, I think he's one of these new fandangled um, sweeper keepers that uh, are all the rage these days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think probably his distribution might be why Adley's picked him out and might be why 
Whitley's left the club, which we'll come on to. Um, but moving into the second half, now we've had a bit of a habit of conceding goals quite soon after half time this season. And it happened again, didn't it? It did, unfortunately, yeah. 49th minute, uh, Florent Hotti, I believe is his <laughs> name. <laughs> I haven't actually Googled imaged him to, to check whether he uh, lives up to his name, but um, the, the goal <laughs> certainly did. It definitely did, didn't it? Yes. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's an absolute screamer into the top corner from, from 25 yards. The aforementioned Sykes Kenworthy, uh, no chance whatsoever with this one. Mm-hmm. The only thing you could maybe single out, I think Green maybe gets beaten a little bit too easily in the build-up. And then Woodyard's trying to block the shot, doesn't quite get there. But yeah. really, I think it's one of those where you have to just give credit to the uh, to the opposition. You're absolutely right there, Simon. Um, maybe one or two players could do a little bit, tiny bit better in the build-up. But I don't think anyone's really expecting a shot or an effort of that quality to come in. As you mentioned, Keeper has absolutely no chance. Um, it's so beautifully curled into the top corner, isn't it? You just have to... Sometimes when it comes to uh, goals you can see, you have to doff your cap. And uh, that's happened to us a few, few times this season. I think we said the exact same thing regarding um, Eastley's first. But yeah, we're 1-0 down. And we've had some sort of second-half collapses to better teams. Um, so I was worried that that might happen, but it didn't. We stuck at it, and we probably had as many chances as they did from that point. Uh, there was one that Aidan Marsh had where John Lewis sort of slipped it through to him. He was at a bit of a tight angle, got the shot away. It was on target, but fairly straightforward save. It's good that he had the confidence to try and do it, isn't it, after the rather um, nightmarish um, appearance at Eastley. Um, it's good work by lads to keep himself onside, to get him behind the defence. And as you're right, you are right, Simon, the efforts, you know, it's it's pretty straightforward say a save from the goalkeeper but marsh as well to uh you know to see the opportunity to see the run uh is available to him and to get the effort away so fair play to him he's not quite lived up to uh, the potential we thought he had after seeing him come on against walking other weeks ago has he but um i think there's still something about him and um, i think he's worth persevering with you know once um Akinyemi comes back into contention I think he can, um, once he get, well, if and when he gets that first goal, I think uh, his confidence will greatly improve and he'll be a much more useful asset to the squad. But Halifax had a good chance for a second not too long after that and it was Hotty again. Uh, things were hotting up for him. Mm. Where Howe missed a header and then got beaten by Ali, who caused us quite a bit of trouble um, all game, I thought. And Ali cut it back to Hotty, but he shot over from 10 yards. Um, probably a much easier chance than the one he scored from, and this would have possibly put the game to bed. But yeah, luckily, uh, didn't hit the target this time. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's uh, surprising that he finds himself in that much space in our penalty area, which is a little bit worrying and somewhat disappointing. But um, yeah, Hossie does a, a solid there by putting it over the bar. I think it's beaten GSK, hasn't it? He's, he's rooted to the spot. So we got a little bit lucky with that one. Neil Ardley. Seeing that we were sort of on the back foot there, um, decided to turn to his subs bench. So on came Scott Burgess and Quevin Castro. So um, yeah, get your Quevin Castro bingo cards ready. Are we going to mention? <laughs> are we going to call him a luxury player? Are we going to describe him as languid? Are we going to reference the free kick he scored for Notts County, possibly? Um, but he did have an impact straight away because he, he won a free kick with a decent run, uh, which was just outside the area, and then took it himself, and it was. On target, we were obviously all hoping for a repeat of that Notts County free kick. <laughs> wasn't quite that, but like I say, it was a curling effort on target. Keeper tipped it over, 
It was decent technique, wasn't it? Um, it's a little bit close to the goalkeeper. The, the ball ends up rather central. So whilst the keeper does well, you know, to, does well to pilot over the crossbar, it's not really in one of the corners, is it? So it's kind of like, I don't think there's, that was really much chance of going in. But the technique to get it up over the wall and, un, uh, you know, it is going underneath the crossbar, you know, if it's not stopped by the keeper, is, is a pretty decent technique from, uh, from Mark Levin. Not content with those two subs, Neil Adley decided to listen to the cries from the south stand. Um, for super Mitch Hancock's. And uh, yeah, with about 10 minutes to go, um, the man, the Mitch, the legend... Oh, God. <laughs> ...came on for Ollie Green. Um, and yeah, he sort of did Mitch Hancock's things. He ran around, got stuck in. Not sure he's necessarily the answer to all of York City's problems, but, you know, what were your thoughts on seeing him back on the pitch, Ben? I mean, this is very particular, but... Where we were in a south stand, uh, Simon, there was a bit of a discussion about this, wasn't there, with uh, with our friends regarding Mitch Hancock's his, his involvement um, in the game, what the current regime think about him, you know, speculation on that. I think Mitch Hancock's is a very, very decent player who seemingly his quality has improved tenfold out of the squad, out, out of the um, starting lineup. He's become better in the eyes of the supporters for the mere fact that he's not been part of the current you know, malaise of certain players that have been getting picked week after week. Yeah, he's he's passionate. Um, he puts a lot of effort in. I've never you'd never ever doubt his commitment. Uh, but the issue is, I mean, the last time we saw Mitch Hancock's was coming on against um I believe it was Edfleet, wasn't it? Uh, in that four one debacle when he slotted in at left back and he probably should have <laughs> probably could have been sent off. He was just so you know, buzzing uh, around the place, just trying to make an impact. And he ended up, you know, I think committed a pretty bad foul and was very, very lucky to uh, to remain on the pitch. He's very, very decent for this level and he probably should be involved a little bit more. But I'm a little bit perplexed in terms of the sheer ferociousness that people want to see him on the pitch for York. In terms of, I think, I don't think he's that good. He's, you know, he's he's probably worth a go by all means. And it has been very strange that he's been named in so many uh, benches, but not made the uh, you know made the pitch over ninety minutes for so many times this season. But I have to agree with you, Simon. I'm not entirely certain he is you know the answer to uh, to any of the problems that we're facing at the moment. A little bit surprised he's not been tried at left back, considering that the problems that we've had there. But considering that um, Adley got rid of him from Solihull previously, I don't think it's any great surprises that he doesn't fancy him at York City. But yeah, moving back to the to the game itself, we moved into the uh, 93rd minute. There's a goal kick punted forward by Sykes Kenworthy, which uh, falls through to John Lewis. I couldn't tell whether it was how flick on or whether it was actually their player who got a touch on it. But anyway, ends up with John Lewis on the left. He cuts it back for Scott Burgess, whose shot is blocked, but it falls to Paddy McLaughlin, who's rushing in to slot the ball home. Um, and it's another late, late goal equaliser. Um now, did you see this one live, Ben? Why have you done me dirty like that, Simon? <laughs> Why have you done that to me? Look at that little grin on your face. You sicken me. Uh, I um, I may have disappeared from my seat in the south stand a little bit early to uh, beat the traffic, to to get an early uh, dart for, for my lift home. Um, <laughs> yeah, I heard this one before I saw it, let's put it that way, uh, watching the um, coverage on TNT sports in the um the concourse so yeah thanks for spoilers to uh, all the other supporters that are in the stadium that night but yeah i heard it and then i saw it on the screen uh, yeah thanks for that so si. no that's right well no you uh you abandoned your post and then 
Ben Robinson, who was also <laughs> with us, uh, he started jogging on down. And we know when Ben Robinson starts leaving the ground, City are about to score. So, exactly. And, and so it it's a Ben thing. It's a, it's a Ben thing, isn't it? It is. Although I think he hadn't quite left view of the pitch, so he did actually manage to see it. But but yeah, it hadn't necessarily been coming. Can't blame you too much for leaving early because it looked like it was just drifting out to a 1-0. But yeah, full credit to Paddy because you know he's taken quite a lot of stick this season. But he's put a shift in at left back. We've said before it's not his position. He's maybe been at fault for one or two goals even. Uh, but what you can't doubt is his commitment and his fitness as well to be still, you know, getting up and down the pitch to get into yeah. that area to put it in. So, um, yeah, I think we should maybe get a bit of recognition for that. I think that's very fair. Um, he came in for a lot of pelters, didn't he, from supporters during that really horrible run towards the end of Morton's time with the club. He was something of a lightning rod, wasn't he, for criticism. He perhaps is not suited to that central defensive role in the midfield, maybe. Um, he's had his best moments, I think, um, when he's a bit more advanced than that and popping up in positions like the one he got the equaliser from. So, uh, yeah, credit where it's due. He's a very, very committed player. I think um, if we have got designs on getting higher at the table and, you know, getting out of this division, he is a sort of player that we want to say, <clears throat> want to say thank you for the memories to and eventually move on from. But for now, he's fulfilling his role um, quite well and he can't say fairer than that. Let's have a look at a few of the tweets we had in response to the game. Uh, one from Martin Granger, which said, Sykes Kenworthy and Green looked good on their debuts, particularly Sykes Kenworthy commanding his box. Fair result as neither team deserved to win. Need Batty and Dippo back ASAP. Adley now has three full weeks to work on the squad. Well, we thought he did anyway until the, uh, <laughs> until the cut replay. Uh, next four league games will be telling. Patience is key. Uh, quite a few of the tweets mentioned... Sykes Kenworthy actually another one from Alex Carter says liked the keeper vocal good positioning and command in his box apart from that nothing else impressed me today well um, yeah I guess it wasn't the <laughs> the most thrilling of uh, of games um, and one from Brownie90 which says still feel we're relegation standard with these players need a fair few of them gone which I trust Ardley will do the big test now comes with the next fixtures against teams around us get some wins there and it could kick start us very impressed with Sykes Kenworthy. So yeah, that result did leave us in the relegation zone. But of course, we were turning our attention to the big cup tie, a mm-hmm. chance for cup glory, mm-hmm. you know, an away trip to Gisborough Town on Wednesday in the North Riding <laughs> Senior Cup. The big one. The big one, yeah. Now, none of us made the trip to this game, but the club have very kindly uh, put put some highlights, which at least showed the goals of the three-two uh, defeat. Um, I don't know if you've been able to catch up with that action, Ben. Was I supposed to watch these goals? You know that moment when you get into when you go into school, and then the teacher would say, "Okay, so I'm going to take in your homework now." It's going to come around and collect it, and you think, "Was I supposed to do something?" I'm getting that sort of vibe right now, Simon. Make sure it doesn't happen again. I'll, um, I'll okay. let you off on this occasion, but um, it will be detention. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll watch the highlights of the of the, the game in the next round. What, Gisbert's game in the next round? We lost. What? Yeah. Giz a break. Oh. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I mean, I have watched the goals. Can't really remember that much about it. So ours were... <laughs> <laughs> Hancock's had a tap-in. I think it was across from Siziba. And then Sizeba mm-hmm. got the other one. I do remember that one because it was a, a howler from their keeper who just sort of failed to clear it. And Sizeba 
rolled it into the empty net. And mm-hmm. yeah, our goals that we conceded weren't the weren't the greatest either. All made the better by the fact that it just looks like it's been played in a park field somewhere because you can't really see any crowd <laughs> on the highlights. So um, yeah, I mean there was a couple of sort of fringe players, as Sizeba and Hancock's I mentioned, Lati Fairweather got a run out as well as he's recovering from injury. Yeah, I did look at in, in all serious, you know. Let, let, let's put all jokes to one side. Now, this is a very, very serious podcast. I did keep an eye on uh, on things uh, on Twitter on, on the day of the match because, you know, there were some fringe players and some players working their way back into fitness, wasn't there? So, um, Lassie Fairweather, as you mentioned. Also, Scott Barrow, who I think we're going to mention next. And the aforementioned um, player who was cruelly denied the Ballon d'Or, uh, Mitch Hancock. Yeah, you mentioned Scott Barrow. So... Yeah, that, he, that was probably the most significant thing about the game was, you know, it was his first appearance in, what was it, 17 months? Yeah, it was the Boston final, wasn't it, when he got injured? Yeah, so quite a serious injury. Obviously, the club stuck with him, gave him a contract last season, even though there was very little chance he was going to play, and then again this season. And, yeah, watching his interview afterwards, I mean, people have questioned, you know, should he have been kept at the club? Is he just around, you know, because he's a, a friendly face and so on? But the emotion in his voice um, and stuff, you know, it it did sort of make you feel quite proud that the club have actually stuck by him in that way. I totally agree, Simon. Um, This is why I keep my, you know, um, delusions of being a know-it-all at football to football manager and not real life because I'm a very, very sentimental person. And uh, yeah, it was hard not to feel moved by what uh, Scott Barrow said in this interview. And how he was, uh, how he presented himself. Um, yeah, I would be terrible at telling players they don't have a future at the club in real life. And you know, it's made all the more apparent by hearing what uh, Scott had to say. He's been a very, very popular and friendly face around the club since his injury. Um, he's done a lot of work with uh, with young Jack Hasney and stuff like that. Seems a very popular figure, a nice bloke. And now I appreciate you can't have too many of them on the payroll just for uh, you know moral support. But um, I agree with you, Sam. It does make you feel a little bit, very, a little bit proud to be uh, to be a York City fan, knowing that we're looking after somebody who got injured very much in line of duty, wasn't it? You know, um, some of that last ditch defending in that final versus Boston. Um, yeah, I can, uh, I can uh, cut the club some slack on that one. Yeah, I guess the only other question really is he mentioned that he's hoping to kick on and maybe push into the first team. Now, left back has been a problem slot <laughs> all season. Do we think there's any chance? He was named on the bench for the Chester game. Do you think there's a chance he gets put in there? I assume the club are probably trying to bring a left back in anyway. Yeah. But um, can we see him, you know, making any starts for the first team? I mean, you know, going off what I just said, the sentimentality needs to be avoided. But if he's got the ability, why not? The issue is, of course, 17 months out of the game. He is 35, um, which as someone who is 36, I shouldn't be saying is old, but in the context of what we're talking about is knocking on a little bit and it, it, the fullbacks are very unforgiving positions at this side because you're up and down the pitch for 90 minutes you're expected to contribute both defensively and offensively so if, if the if the coaching staff feel like he's up to it then who am I to doubt them well I guess we should move on from from chatting about uh... yeah speaking of uh, crying Welshman we want to see a bit more of that the Saturday just gone but unfortunately we didn't get it oh no I've just broke sorry no <laughs> oh. Yeah, you've broken sorry. your own rule that you that you yeah imposed there. Um, oh, but yes, Tom sat very patiently and listened to us talk about a fairly 
dull one-all draw with Halifax. Um, <laughs> so I think it's probably time to move into the to the. Chester. I mean, that wasn't even the worst bit, Simon. I, I, I literally don't even know what Giesborough is. But yeah, the uh, let, let's turn our attention to the action at the Diva Stadium on Saturday. Use its use its proper name, Simon. Sorry, what is it got a different name now? Uh, for sponsorship reasons, exclusively, or known as the Leap Seventy Six Stadium. Right there we go. What's Leap Seventy Six when it's at home? I mean, we shouldn't I have give them no extra. idea. That <laughs> I mean, whoever was kind enough to pay us to put their name on the stadium. Apropos, I I have got no issue with that sort of attitude, Tom. Actually, I one hundred percent agree with you. I used to get absolute pelters uh, from friends years ago when it was Kit Kat Crescent. I didn't care. Call it whatever the hell you want for ten grand a year, if, or whatever it was. No issues with um, selling your soul for for a bit of dollar when it comes to uh, a game as ruthless as football. I'm with you on that one. The only issue with that is when it's still when it's ten years later and people when they find out you support York, or do they still play Kit Kat Crescent? Then what you do is just correct them, just correct them, and then ask them to move on to another another uh, person at the bank. <laughs> we have a very good system for avoiding being tied to a sponsor's name, and that's to change that sponsor roughly every eighteen months. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah, we we I think KitKat was the only one we had. Obviously, LNER now. Although I'm a bit annoyed because they've also lent their name yeah. to Lincoln Stadium. Mm-hmm. So you know, is it still where the LNER Community Stadium? aren't we? And they're just the LNER stadium. So, you know. But yeah, let's take a look at the match itself. So, Tom, in terms of Chester's sort of expectations going into this one, were they hopeful of a win? You know, I think if we when we were previewing it uh, last week, we said we'd looked at the form and the home form seemed decent, but sort of a mixed season overall. Um, I mean, in terms of following Chester and York, I've lived in York 10 years now and I've not seen Chester beat York in that time. We've scraped up a few draws and that's been it. And I think going into this, it was the most confident I was that we could beat you for once until I saw our manager's pre-match preview a couple of nights beforehand in which he listed about five first-team players who wouldn't be starting Nearly all of our goal-scoring threat was not available, as it turned out. Um, and, and he was very much playing down our chances. But having said that, we got a 2-0 win away at Hartlepool to set up that tie. Um, Hartlepool, currently being above York in the league, gave us confidence there. But I wasn't going to put money on it. I was, I was when I was looking at the odds. If I was going to, if I was going to place my house on it, I would have been betting on York yesterday. Unfortunately, there wasn't any way to really follow this game live as a York fan because, well, without having made the journey across to Chester, which neither me nor Ben were able to do, there was no stream available because we're into proper football now uh, in in the first round and there's no international break, I think, which was why it was allowed to be uh, streamed last time. And unfortunately, even the radio coverage was uh, was interrupted for for technical reasons, I believe. Well, to be fair, the five... Fan, Harrogate fans that couldn't make it to Marine for their cup tie desperately needed something to listen to. So, can't say fairer than that. Uh, but Ben, did you manage to find a, a radio stream somewhere for this one? Yep, some friends managed uh, helped um, the good people at York Hospital Ball um, shared uh, the coverage from um, the Chester um, guys. Uh, correct me again, Tom. Is it Seals Radio? What was it called again? Seals Seals Live. Seals Live. Thank you. So which was like a Mixler channel um, broadcasting the game. So I did get to at least follow it. A um, little bit confused initially because I missed the first five minutes of the coverage um, and I'm not completely familiar with the York Hospital Ball team. 
I presumed it was York fans commentating on the game. And when they started making Will Smith jokes, I thought, oh, wait, no, they're Chester. They're Chester. Right. Okay. You won't be making Will Smith jokes at this stage to lone move. You'd be doing that in the first match. Yeah, that makes sense. So Seals Live, is it like normally just audio footage of the Seal enclosure at Chester Zoo? And then it and then it just cuts to uh, at 3 p.m. on Saturday. <laughs> cuts to the I, football. I think we're actually missing a trick by not having one of them come on as a mascot before the match, <laughs> if I'm honest with you. What is Chester's mascot, Tom? Uh, that would be uh, Lucas the Wolf. Why a wolf? Uh, named for Hugh Lupus, who was the Earl of Chester. Well, that's enough. That's that's me putting my place. Carry on. Yeah, but can a wolf dribble a ball on its head like a seal can? <laughs> uh, maybe Wolf from Gladiators. Well, he did <laughs> he appear for Gillingham, didn't he? he? Played so. for Gillingham Reserves, yeah. So did he do a, a curl on style seal dribble during that game? This is taking a turn, hasn't it? This is really taking a turn. <laughs> yeah, hang on. We were supposed to be talking about an FA Cup game. <laughs> the magic of the cup. <laughs> So, yeah, in terms of York's lineup, um, big news it was that David Stockdale was back in goal, possibly mm-hmm. slightly sooner than expected, but with Sykes Kenworthy being cup tied, Whitley being gone, uh, Maison Campbell being no longer home, and. I hate you, Simon. <laughs> and Rory Watson having put in the performances he did at Eastleigh and Chesterfield. Yeah, uh, sort of made sense why Stockdale was in there. It was a nice surprise, wasn't it? I, I was not expecting it. Um, I thought Watson was going to play with Stockdale on the bench, um, but if you know the the coaching staff had decreed that Stockdale was ready, Stockdale himself felt ready. I was I was I was um, really pleased with that development. Yeah, and another player returning from injury, Dipo Akinyemi, uh, not fit enough to start, but on the bench, uh, which was yeah again nice to see because we have missed him a lot. And Castro making a start as well. Um, Bit of a surprise, but then when you consider that Marsh was cup-tied and apparently Burgess had been ill, I guess he was sort of next in line. And in terms of Chester's lineup, Tom, you said there was a few players missing, so was this sort of a half-strength team then? Um, I mean, the, the back four and the midfield were fairly solid. Our attacking lineup was very much cobbled together. Um, probably the main one we were missing was Charlie Caton starting on the bench. Uh, he's well, our counter-attacking threat, he's got the pace. Um, and in a game where we were expecting to be back to the wall, it, it would have been nice to have him available from the start. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we had uh, Elliot Whitehouse, who will be familiar to York fans as well. Yeah, I remember him being on loan with us when we were in League Two. I believe he was part of that Worthington side that got to the playoffs. Um, I think he might have gone before the run started. I can't, I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But yes... Um, his, his name seems to get mentioned quite a lot by the, by the comment team, by the Seals guys. So, um, yeah, it's good to, good to uh, hear from him again. Yeah, he's started quite well for us. We had him on loan towards the end of last season and impressed enough to get a permanent contract with us for this year. I think he's already got four goals this season, so he's proving to be a decent addition to the squad. Um, fairly quiet yesterday, um, but that was most of our attacking play was quite quiet until probably the last 15 minutes or so. Hmm. So yeah, let's let's talk about the action from the game itself. How was your sort of feelings watching the first half, Tom? Um, I mean, I've I've made a few uh, notes about particular bits from the highlights, but what was the sort of overall vibe of the game? I mean, as soon as the two teams came out, York physically looked the bigger side. If it had been an eleven on eleven fight, York would have 
destroyed Chester, no, no questions asked. Uh, there, there, there was some big units in that York side and Chester didn't really have anybody who could physically match up to what York were throwing at them. Um, we were very much based on having a very disciplined back four, which is how we played against Hartlepool, um, and allowing York to basically control possession in the Chester half for most of the first half and quite way into the second half as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Castro looked very threatening, but without a final product. Um, so the word I'd use probably be rewarding um, down the wing. Um, he was causing problems, but could never quite find that cross. It would always kind of be overhit, or he couldn't quite find that bit of space just to get a shot away. Um, and I think when he came off in the second half, it did make our, the job easier for our defenders, and we looked more expressive from that point. Mm, that's interesting to hear because, yeah, Castro hasn't made the best start at York and some fans have kind of already decided that he's not worth bothering with. We've kind of been up and down on him. Was... Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. We have wavered slightly in our opinion of him. Early on, thought he was, you know, maybe um, going to grow into the team as as he got better players around him. And then there was one particular game away at Needham Market in the fourth qualifying round where he had one of the worst performances I've seen by anyone in the City shirt. But yeah, I think the cameo appearance against Halifax and then apparently Saturday's game at Chester as well, he's looked a bit brighter again. So hopefully he's playing his way into a bit of form at last. Yes, it's interesting, uh, Tom, that you used the word marauding for um, the Castro. He has that in his locker, doesn't he? He can um, receive the ball drop a shoulder and then start moving quickly and with big strides. He's obviously he's a very, he's a very big, tall lad, isn't he? So yeah, marauding, add that to the spreadsheet, side. That's another word we'll use for uh, for, for Quevin. But um, yeah, and it's also interesting that you got the impression of, you know, you were you seemed relatively impressed with him. That, that, that's that's fair enough. You know, well done to, to, to Castro for that performance. But that can happen, can't it, when, you don't sit, when you're watching an opposition team and one player stands out and they have their one, their one good game in five. This this is what leads to um, loan moves and free transfers in future, doesn't it? Oh, he had that really good game against us. Let's sign him on a free. Is that not exactly how we ended up signing? Castro That's exactly Henry. what's happened with us, yes. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of chances, the first one on the highlights was a really decent save by Stockdale. Uh, I think it was from Thomas after he sort of turned in the box and then hit a low shot, which was just tipped around the post by Stockdale. Um, so sort of an early test for him. Got down to it quite quickly, showing that he's, you know, hopefully not lost any of his sharpness. I enjoyed, um, I think it's this one, Simon. Is this one that the York City Twitter account referred to Stockdale as rolling back the years? Because we all have to remember how how the fact of the fact that he's 38 years old. But yeah, no, you are right. It's, it's a really decent save. It made us, you know, realise that there's no rustiness about the lad. Um, yeah, it was uh, the Stockdale of old. We had a chance when John Lewis was played in by Kennedy and then he sort of fired it across goal and it just went wide. Not a bad chance, but yeah, he's not really been finding the back of the net recently, has it, the shot? Yeah, he, he's he's not the player that you want to be playing 90 minutes for game after game, is it? Is he because of, you know, his age and his general style is quite, you know, 100% give everything um, and then obviously become a little bit tired. So yeah, um, I, from what I understand from the commentary team on Seals Radio, they weren't overtly impressed with his performance. Obviously, I wasn't there in person to comment on it, so I'm not going to. But going off what was said, it, it sounds like uh, the shop had one of his um, lesser performances on Saturday, unfortunately. 
he he did look frustrated uh, would be mm. probably the word to use um although that might be due to the fact that some people were calling him the Tory Argos <laughs> It's a new one. You can have that one. Another chance for Chester when I think it was Callum Howe who lost the ball, but admittedly it could have been Alex Woodyard because all I saw was the uh, the long hair on the highlights. <laughs> um, and yeah, Chester brought it forward. I think it was Glendon who chipped it just over the bar. Yeah, that was. A, a, let's let's take, say what it was. He he fluffed the chance, um, and that's not what you expect from Gleno. Um, he is still coming back from injury, but he's been on form for the last few weeks. He missed the entire of last season for for a bad injury, um, but has retained the captain's armband and has had a really impressive few weeks. Uh, and it was a shame that he couldn't cap that with a with a winning goal yesterday. Um, of of all the chances we made, that was probably the clearest in the first half by by a significant distance, um, and. Yeah, there's no excuse for just how weak that shot was, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had one of the chants uh, where Fallowfield laid it back to Castro, but his shot was blocked. It looked like it was probably heading on target, so can't criticise him too much for that one. But yeah, not a huge number of chances, and it was goalless at the break. Was the second half sort of along similar lines, do you think, Tom, or was there a noticeable Yeah, change? at least, say, for the first kind of 15 minutes or so, out, uh, Chester started quite brightly for the first five minutes or so and then it settled back into the status quo of the first half. Like I said earlier, when Castro came off, I think that gave us the chance to just breathe a little bit more. Um, it we, we noticeably looked a bit more expressive coming forward. We were getting the ball into the York half more, but that also did leave us looking more vulnerable at the back and it became a little bit end-to-end for a while. Um, and then in the last kind of 10 to 15 minutes or so, it if there was going to be a winner at that point, it was only going to be Chester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we made a double substitution around the hour mark. Were you not always also excited about the concept of us being able to make five subs for the first time in our history? Well, we only made two, so... Well, yep, the chance was there. Can you make five? I thought it was only yeah. four. No, no, it's five, is it not, in the FA Cup? I, I believe so, but we didn't use all of ours either. It's like when you're getting a new toy, you don't know how to use it. It's like, oh, I can make five subs. Uh, I can only make them on three different yeah. occasions. Yeah. We, we did use four, so oh, okay. we, we passed it up. But from what I'm told, we, we were relying on the youth team to fill our bench yesterday anyway. Ah, yes. Um, but yeah, he didn't turn to Mitch Hancock's this time. He turned, hardly that is, turned to Dippo Akinyemi and Scott Burgess, who came on for Castro and Kennedy. And Dippo was fairly involved looking at the highlights in our attacking play after that, which is unsurprising, I guess. Uh, but our next chance fell to Ollie Green, who curled a shot not far over from outside the box. Looked fairly close on the highlights. Decent-looking left foot on him, hasn't he, young Green? Uh, I've noticed that during the high-facts highlights as well. Um, yeah, really decent effort, that. Keep us diving for it. Keep us fully stretched. Um, it deflects, I believe it deflects wide, because I think the referee signals for a corner, does he not? But It, yeah, it was uh, given as a corner, but that was considered a, a controversial call at the time. I see. <laughs> From where I was, and I was at the very far end of the ground, but we couldn't see who it had touched on its way through. I see. Um, our next chance was from Dippo. Um, curling shot from outside the area, which was saved. Probably not enough power on it to really trouble the keeper, but you know, another effort on target. Uh, but as you mentioned, Tom, it seemed to be really all Chester pressure sort of in the last 10 minutes, and particularly in stoppage time. You could see all our players were camped in our own half. 
and it was just sort of a, a flurry of corners coming through. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned Charlie Caton coming off the bench on 60 minutes earlier, and he was a, a, a big attacking outlet for us. I think if he'd been on earlier in the match, I don't know if he'd have made enough of a difference at that point. When he when he wasn't starting, I was disappointed, but in hindsight, I don't think he would have made too much difference the way the first half went. And I think it probably was the best choice to kind of save his legs and bring him on when York could look in a bit more tired. Uh, and that definitely gave us that kind of attacking impetus. Uh, Ewan Murray coming on on the 86th minute, he's a fantastically talented player, but if he'd started the game, he would have been completely outmuscled by the York team. Um, I mentioned how big York are, and Ewan Murray is one of the smallest professional footballers you will ever see. Uh, <laughs> he makes uh, Lionel Messi look like Akin Fenwa. <laughs> to be fair, we have got Kai Kennedy on the pitch, I think is about five this foot four. But yeah, is it Caton who has the header that goes just wide from a corner? Yes, yeah. That was probably the closest Chester came to scoring, I think towards the end um yeah there was that chance and then there was a kind of a, a Paul Gascoigne your 96 against Germany situation at the back post in injury time as well where we had two players slide in and managed to miss that tapping at the end oh yeah is that when the left back puts the ball in and it's sort of yes just just gets past them yeah yeah, Stott- yeah. Stockdale kind of parries it onto the attacker doesn't he weirdly I think that kind of throws the the attacker you know the guy who's trying to slide in Kind of, it throws him off a little bit, doesn't it? Because Stockdale parries it at him. And it's, yeah. Yeah, he's not able to, to get a proper connection on it. They're very, very lucky for York, but also weirdly kind of good goalkeeping at the same time. Yeah, and all of our other chances, when we did get a shot away, it was generally straight at Stockdale. It didn't give him much to do. So, yeah, it finishes nil-nil. And, yeah, we've now made kept three clean sheets in the FA Cup uh, compared to, I think, is it one still in the league all season? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, I hadn't realised until it was pointed out to me earlier today. Apparently, that was Chester's fifth clean sheet in a row. Oh, wow. Oh, bloody hell. So, yeah, slightly out of character for us to to get a goalless draw, but do we think it was a fair result on the balance of play? Most people seem to say probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I say, if you'd handed me a nil-nil at the start of the game, I'd have taken it. Um, having seen that I think we did create probably the clearest chances late in the game, the, the fact we didn't nick it, it's disappointing to be going into a replay um, but at the same time it's it's a fair result given that York did dominate the possession in, in the first half and not just con- controlling the ball but controlling the pitch as well. Yeah I think Ardley seemed happy enough with the replay as well like you say just based on the fact that we've been under pressure late on and obviously you know we get home advantage next time out so I guess he's hoping that plus the return of um, couple more players might might make the difference yeah it's it's interesting hearing his comments and Chester manager Callum McIntyre's comments are very similar actually because obviously we've had players missing who should be available um for the replay as well um apparently some of the players that we did start with yesterday hadn't trained for a week or more too so I would hope going into the replay that Chester will be a stronger side and if you're going to be stronger as well it's going to be a real test uh, for where Chester are in, in our push for hopefully promotion that we narrowly missed out on last year and uh, we're looking to go again this year and being able to test ourselves against teams at a higher level does help and Callum McIntyre is of the opinion that we are a better team when we have momentum and playing an extra Tuesday night game isn't necessarily seen as a disadvantage for him. He wants us to be playing regularly and getting into that mindset of competing 
twice a week. Yeah, whereas that's kind of been the bane of Neil Adley's existence since he took over at York, because we've just had Saturday game and then a Tuesday game every week, and he's said he's not had the chance to get his philosophy over on the training ground, even to the extent of needing a replay against Needham Market in the last round. But, I mean, given the size of York's squad, you'd think if there's any team in the league that's currently set up to play twice a week, it would be York. You would think, but then you look at the size of our injury list. Um, Yeah, fair. (laughs) But yeah, let's have a look at the tweets we had in response to that game. One from Ben Morrison said, Solid enough performance against a team that were well up for it. Clearly the better team technically, we just lack that cutting edge up front. Confident we will do them in the replay with Dippo starting and maybe Batty and Maz back in the squad. Uh, One from Matthew Clulo. Apologies if I've mispronounced that. Good first half without too many clear chances. Second, we just dropped intensity and let them back in. Cordner was class, Smith very good, Green decent and Kennedy decent in parts. As last week, Howe cannot play right centre-back and Woodyard is too slow, both in possession and without the ball. Another one from Cheap Man's Vest that says we're hampered playing 3-5-2 or 5-4-1 as it was today without authentic wing-backs. As good as Fallowfield is, neither he or Paddy are wing-backs. When you're desperate for them to make the run, they're static and just allow the centre-backs to get too close to them with the ball. And finally, from Luke Moore, York's quadruple dreams are over, a (laughs) reference to the North Riding Senior Cup defeat, but our triple ambitions are still on. Could be a treble to to match Man City's from last season, possibly. That's a dream. (laughs) Yeah, so both teams are still in the hat for the second round draw. We've debated the the existence of this hat in in previous episodes because... You don't really see you don't see this hat, do you? It seems like it's in some kind of clear plastic container. Well, they empty mm-hmm. it from a velvet bag, don't they? Yeah, I do. I do like the velvet bag. My favorite bit is when they uh, when they have to check the velvet bag to make sure they got all the balls out. You know, when they feel up the bag. I like that bit. It's very, very, you know, thorough. They they did screw it up a few years ago, going up ten plus years ago now, where we we got drawn against the team that we didn't actually end up playing against because they hadn't drawn all the balls. Oh, but yeah, we were both in there in that velvet bag and got picked out uh, for a home tie against Wigan Athletic. So what are our thoughts on this? Obviously, it's a um, team who who (laughs) won the whole thing 10 years ago. So could you describe a game against Wigan as a glamour tie or is that just uh, pushing it a bit? This conversation is going to be awkward for everyone involved, isn't it? Because we're both of us, all all three of us, are going to be talking as if our side's winning the replay. So someone's going to be let down. Yeah, but what are our thoughts on this? Do we think it's a good draw? Uh, do we think it's likely to be on TV? I think it's definitely uh, in contention for TV, regardless of whichever side advances to face Wigan. Um, based on the gap between either Chester and Wigan or York and Wigan in terms of league placings, Wigan are in a bit of a false position in League One because of their points deduction, the old uh, South End effect, if you want to compare it to something in our league. If they could win as 11 years ago, I beg your pardon, 10 years ago, it'll be 11 when the next final rolls around. So I think it's a, I think it's a big tie. I, I don't see why this can't be on TV. It raises the question of which is the bigger draw, a Yorkshire-Lancashire clash or an all-North-West clash? Mm. Yeah, I think probably if you're the BBC, you're maybe hoping Chester win the replay because, yeah, you've got that slight regional angle. Probably not close enough to say that they're rivals, I assume. But, yeah, you've also got the extra division in between so it's uh they love saying how many places are between the clubs don't they so 
It's yeah. typical. Um, it's typical. It's typical anti-York bias from the DDC. I'm sick of it. This is why I don't pay I my license fee. It will depend on if they want like the typical tin pot non-league ground for the TV backdrop, or if they want York's fancy new LNER. Um, Chester's ground, modern as it was when it was first built in the early nineties, it's not a great one for a televised game, and the the TV camera angle is generally fairly poor. <laughs> Yeah, the thing about drawing Wigan, it's it is one of the bigger teams you could draw at this stage, even though they're not a huge club historically. But it's still, you know, it's not that third round against the Premier League team, is it? I think the ideal second round draw is one that's winnable, you know, against someone in your league or the league below. The good thing about it is it's at home and, you know, should be a decent crowd. Players should be up for it, you know, a chance to test themselves against higher opposition. But yeah, I would have liked to have seen it. A nicer looking fixture. Yeah, I would have liked Cray Valley Paper Mills at home, but alas. Yeah, I was eyeing up Ramsgate when they were on the last few balls in the hat <laughs> along with us. Cray obviously had a big job to do against Charlton, which is that is that being played right now, in fact. I think that's finished one all. I was I mean, I was dreading us getting the the, the Wrexham tie, and it's not that I want us to not play our local rivals, um, but I just don't want us to be a contributing factor to the TV show. <laughs> Do you hear that, Si? You get a load of that. You get a load of that uh, from Tom there. We didn't want to get Wrexham. Yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I've noticed this. You're pretty well, much doing Adley's pre-match speech for him. We did get drawn as a Chester or Oldham against Wrexham last year and ended up going out on penalties in the replay. So. Mm. And I, I would not be surprised to see this go to an extra time and penalties job either. Uh, Chester are going to be very much the hard-to-break-down team and York will definitely need to be more creative than they were in the, in the first match. Well, another team that was in the hat for the second-round draw um, is Scarborough Athletic, who they were beating Forest Green 1-0 until last minute and then conceded an equaliser. But that's significant because uh, Ryan Whitley was playing for them. And not on loan this time, he has officially left York City by mutual consent after a number of years, a few runs in the team. Yeah, I guess with Sykes Kenworthy coming in, with Stockdale coming back from injury, maybe his you know, his time at the club was up. But I thought we should probably reflect on on our feelings on, on that, Ben. What what's what's your thoughts on there? Um, I was a little bit surprised in that maybe I should have expected him to go, but I wasn't quite sure of, you know, how near to fitness um, Stockdale uh, was. Um, I think that was kept under wraps, wasn't it? I've clearly not really been impressed too much by um, Watson, unfortunately. So I was wondering if um, Whitley would play second fiddle to um, GSK. That's, obviously, that's not going to be the case. I think it probably was the right move. It strikes me as one of those um, transfers where he'll go off and have a really decent career. I think National League is probably his level based on um, momentarily lapsing concentration he sometimes has, combined with, I don't think his distribution was fantastic. But um, in terms of the basics, he was a great shot stopper for us. Um, he made some really, really good saves in here over the course of this season. I think a lot of people will talk about his performance on, at Notts County on the last day of last season, when he single-handedly kept us in the game and was very um, influential in us getting that um, smash and grab one-all draw. So um, I think he goes for well wishes and um, support of most York City fans, if not all of us. 
I'm as sad it seems to have ended this way. I thought he was improving um, as the season was going on. I, th- I thought he was getting better in key areas, such as uh, his distribution, as I mentioned. But unfortunately, um, it's just not worked out. And I- I'm sure Adley has his, has his reasons for that. I'm sure um, Ryan was probably very confident and vocal in saying what he wanted out of the situation. So um, it seems like it's the best move for everybody, doesn't it? Yeah, we discussed before that I think everyone at the club was keen for it to work because he's a local lad. He's coming up through the youth teams. I believe he's possibly a City fan as a kid. Um, and like you say, obviously got ability, particularly in shot stopping. And he had improved. You know, he'd been away on loan a few times, come back and improved a bit each time. But I think the thing is, we'd given him a bit of time and he maybe still wasn't quite at the level that we need this season. And this season just doesn't seem to be one where we can give Mm -hmm. someone time in goal because we are down in the relegation zone. You know, I think that's why Ardley's felt he's had to act and bring in another keeper. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's one where, like you say, it's maybe just not the right time for him to get a run in the team now and he's at an age where he needs to be playing regularly so probably does make sense for all parties but yeah is there a danger that he goes on to do what Stockdale did in terms of you know he's released from the club uh, no one sheds too many tears because they think okay well you know maybe it's it's not worked out and then he he goes on to have you know a fantastic career or do we think there's no chance of him Reaching those I mean, it's impossible levels. to say that there's no chance. Um, there's, there's, there's no way of definitely knowing what the future holds. Otherwise, I'd have the lottery numbers uh, written down in front of me right now. I think he's got the attributes to play at the level that we are right now. I hate to keep banging on about it, but I don't think his distribution is great enough to um, you know, make him a solid EFL goalkeeper. Um, and then the way that the game's moving, the direction that is where you know a lot of goalkeepers expect to contribute with their feet, as well as their hands, I think this is probably the level that he's probably going to, you know, reach, uh, in my honest opinion. I may be completely wrong. It won't be the first time, but um, considering his appearances this season and his positives and his negatives about his um, abilities, I I think this will be his level. But yeah, in terms of our immediate future, next game is back in the National League. It's a trip to Fylde who are struggling as well. They're level on points with us, but they have recently sat their manager and won the last two league games 3-0 and then 4-0, which was away at Gateshead. So unfortunately, it might be another one of those where we are not playing them quite at the right time. Eek. What do you think we, we could expect from this? Would would a point be a good result or do we really need to be looking to win games like this? I would always try and um, promote um, calm and say any point away from home is a good point. But when you consider where we are, and we are starting to get on in the season, aren't we? Uh, forget a foul's good form. We really want to try to winning this game. I, do, I, I am trying to convince myself that we're not in a relegation fight, but I genuinely believe that we are. Um, and that can only improve that feeling. That can only dissipate if we start beating teams around us. And fouled are very much the definition of team around us. So, yeah, we really want to be winning this. And then after that, the Tuesday night fixture, which we've mentioned, is the replay against Chester. Now, obviously, we've spoken about Chester quite a bit already. We don't need to preview this too much, but I'll be in attendance at this one. I'm assuming, Tom, you'll be there in the away end. Yes, yeah. Um, one of the rare times I actually get to go in the away end at York. 
Uh, usually I, I find myself in the South Stand when I'm visiting the LNER, but I'll be in the North Stand, um, which will be comfortable for me because the North Stand is where I go when I'm at Chester. Um, it's a match I've always looking forward to and I always kind of hope we get York in the Cup any given year at the LNER if we're not in the same league, just so I've got a local game to go to. Um, within the National League North, we recently had Geisley relegated last season, so that's another local game I lost. So it's nice to have a game against York that I can go to and not have to actually worry about how I'm getting home afterwards. But in terms of what we're expecting from that, <clears throat> I guess we're just all going to say that we expect our team to win. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it's another cagey affair or if we, being the home team, try and you know sort of impose ourselves a bit more. Yeah, my only hope from from a Chester perspective is that we can spring a surprise with some of the players that we've got coming back into fitness and into form uh, that weren't available this week. Um, but I think it's going to be it's going to be a tight one, and I would not be surprised if it goes down to a penalty shootout. Um, oh, I should get your official predictions, Ben. Uh, I think last time out you predicted Halifax three one win, so. I did, I did. A bit off the boil with that one, but what do you think? What do you think for the file game, first of all, and then for the Chester game? I am feeling exuberant and positive. Um, I'm really looking forward to filed, which I can't believe I'm saying. No normal human being should, being should be saying such words. Are you making the um, journey across? I am making the journey across. Um, I've managed to blag a £3 uh, train ticket from here to Preston for some pre-match um, non-alcoholic beverages. Uh, and some uh, chatter with other gentlemen about politics before going to the fouled game, possibly getting into some sort of fight with local police and coming home in either an ambulance or a police car. I think we're going to um, really kick on um, with uh, playing a- against a team that are around us. Players like Akinyemi are going to be coming back into into the fold. And who knows, we might even have somebody who can say that their position on a football field is a left-back. Truly spoiling us, Mr. Ambassador. So, yeah, I'm quietly confident. Um, I'm going to stay positive and I'm going to say a lovely 2-1 win to York City. Right. And for the for the Chester game? Uh, oh, God. I am going to go 1-0 York. Tom, can I get your prediction just for uh, completeness's sake? You want filed as well? No, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ask you for, to predict that one. I mean, I hope you beat filed. Um I, like I said, I think it's going to be extra time and penalties, and it's going to be one all uh, going into the penalty shootout. Right, interesting. But yes, we shall see about that one. And I think our next episode will probably be uh, recapping both of those games. But yeah, that's about all we have to cover this week. So yeah, thanks very much for listening. Uh, would recommend if you haven't had your fill of FA Cup City related content. Have a listen to our latest Retro Rewind episode, which is a look back at the 3-2 win over Crew Alexandra in the first round in 2009, including us getting very excited recounting Richard Brody's winner. That was a fun one to record, I think you'd say, Ben. It was a good. It was a really good laugh, that. A nice walk down memory lane for um, a very particular sweet spot in our respective fandom of this football club, wasn't it, Si? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, check that one out if you haven't already. If you do listen and you do enjoy what you hear consider giving us a a review on on apple or whatever your podcast platform is we've got a nice review i wanted to look at here uh, on apple podcasts it's come from castro's biggest fan and it says cracking stuff 
If you're a York City fan, this should be compulsory viewing. Be here from the start, so when they've got their own Netflix docuseries in 10 years' time, you can lord it over the Johnny-come-latelys. I'm looking forward to our Talking Head interviews on the uh, Simul City documentary in 25 years' time, Sigh, after our crippling drug addictions, and we're reminiscing about the good old days. There are rumours of a York City documentary in the making, but I haven't heard much about that lately, so don't know whether that's going to happen. But when it does... Why would, why would this the, why would bring the... in a Hollywood superstar to rival the, the other one? So you'll have like Hugh Jackman taken over or something. Well, I'm not <laughs> against that. You know, and, and if there is a documentary happening and you're looking for some, um, you know, quality voiceover artists who produce York City audio content, then... You know, hospital bodies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Rune, that Simon. I'm so sorry. Do you want to do that link again? <laughs> no, no, we'll keep it as it was. It's fine. <laughs> but yes, uh, if you can leave us a review, um, it would be much appreciated. And we'd just like to, to read it. Unless it's saying nasty things, in which case, keep it to yourself, please. <laughs> and yeah, one final thing to mention is if you really like us, um, you could. Give us a nomination for the Best Non-League Podcast Award, uh, which has been run by Non-League Bible. You can find them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and their website. If you just search for Non-League Bible, and I think we've retweeted it, haven't we, Ben? And you we will have, probably yeah. be doing that again, getting the getting the begging bowl out. Some of you have replied to uh, the Non-League uh, Podcast nomination, um, adding Same Old City Pod into... Um, the conversation, which is greatly appreciated, it does mean a lot. Um, does make us blush. We're very modest people, honestly. Um, but yeah, uh, we would love to uh, to get involved in that conversation. So um, we will retweet it again. We'll try and keep it on the timeline. And if you could, um, you know, reply to uh, to these guys, let them know that we are indeed the best on the podcast. Um, that would be appreciated. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through some of the replies here, and there's a few for Glover's cast as well. So, you know, if it's going to oh, come down hello. to a face-off between the, the York and Yeovil. Are you podcast. sure that one's not a typo for a completely different type of podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could just be the podcast for people who make gloves. But Yep, it's yeah, true. I think we all but if it does come, if, if it does come down to York versus Yeovil, um, we should go cap in hand to, uh, to Matt Ugler and just say, listen, you know who it's come down to, us and them. And, uh, yeah. We'll get loads of Russian Twitter bots nominating us. So it should be fine. But yes, all you need to do is um, just comment or tag your chosen nominee in the thread. So yeah, we'll we'll pop that out on our social channels again. Um, But otherwise, thanks very much for your time, Tom. Thanks for coming on, sharing the Chester viewpoint. Um, Good luck for the rest of the season. Obviously, the other game that isn't against Chester, I am back in York. Yeah, that's good (laughs) to know. Um, Is there anything you want to, to mention or plug? While you're here, or um, I mean, if anybody wants to return the favour and make Chester their second team, we're always happy to <laughs> welcome anybody into into the throng. Yeah, we can be the uh, yeah. Walled cities should uh, should work together, shouldn't they? Really, absolutely. Um, yeah, think... sorry, I'm sorry, Tom. I can't be doing with stadiums on the outskirts of town. I'm sorry. I'm just... <laughs> I mean, I think given how much both clubs have suffered over the years, I don't think. It's it's fair on anybody to have to support both of them. Uh, I did mention to some York fans in the bar yesterday about Chester and York being my two teams, and they couldn't believe that of all the two teams I could have picked, those were the two. I think actually some of the chants are the same. Listen to the highlights back, which confused me yeah. a bit because I'm sure the Chester fans are saying, come on, City. Well, yeah, there, there's a bit of history. Obviously, we used to be Chester City until 2010. Um mm-hmm. 
but between 1885 and I believe 1884, 1984, sorry, we um, were still just Chester FC and only added the city in the 80s. But apparently that was in response to the fact that Chester fans always used to chant city as our nickname prior to us actually being called city. But yes, we shall, we shall look forward to that replay, whoever prospers on the night. Um, and yeah, good luck to Chester for the rest of the season. May see you next season in which division, who knows? Yeah, hmm. could go either way, that one. Could go both ways and then you'll be a division above us, but it's hopefully Ships not. passing in the night. <laughs> but yeah, uh, otherwise, thanks very much for listening and we will see you again very soon. Keep the faith. <laughs> <laughs>